Welcome to the Sweet Life Podcast. Are you ready to start living your life with more passion, purpose, and pleasure? And stay tuned to learn more from your behavioralist expert, dating coach, and relationship guru, Sweet Deans. Hey, sweet family. I'm so excited to announce that my podcast is in partnership with Let's Get Checked. They provide professional health testing that you can do from the comfort of your own home. I ordered a full STD panel and female hormone test, and I received my test in a super discreet package the very next day. I submitted all my samples and sent them back in a prepaid envelope, and I got text updates as it was being processed, and I received my results in three days. And if you do come back positive for something or outside the normal range, they provide a free consultation call, and they can even prescribe antibiotics over the phone. It's just incredible to be able to take your health into your own hands from the comfort of your home. If you would like to receive 20% off your kit, just use my discount code. Go to trylgc.com slash sweetlife and get tested today. That's trylgc.com slash sweetlife. So on to today's topic. I thought that we could explore the idea of monogamy as well as non-monogamy and then on to the lesser known monogamish relationships and explore some different alternatives that actually may be beneficial for you and your current or future partner. And I'm only offering what I've learned and what I've observed in others. And of course, I always encourage you to do your own research and think deeply about what feels the most empowering for you and aligns with what you desire in life. So let's start by diving into monogamy. There are all kinds of fascinating studies done on social and sexual monogamy, but it seems as if they all agree that around the time that the plow emerged and people started farming plots of land is when monogamy became popularized. This is due to land ownership and wanting to pass down your land to your genetic offspring. And a lot of the pair bonding was done according to status and oftentimes was not consensual by both parties. Most of the time, women were very young and almost traded like objects. The push for this kind of union was further popularized by governments and churches stating that this was the only kind of acceptable union between a man and a woman. They must become contractually bound to honor one another till death. And I recognize that I gave you a very brief summary on the birth of monogamy, but I just think that it's important to do your own investigative work. Regardless of how monogamy started, and who popularized it as being the only acceptable form of union, the fact remains that in America, the rate of divorce is over 50%. And that to me seems like a pretty high fail rate. If there was a 50% chance of failure every time you got onto a train or a bus or a car, would you take that ride? Would you question the mechanics of it? Would you ask for there to be revisions? Or would you blindly just get on and say, well, everyone else is okay with these odds, so I guess I will too. I know that marriage isn't the same as a car accident, but to those people that have been through some pretty rough divorces, it might have felt that way. That's half of the population of married people who are experiencing this car crash inside their hearts and wondering why this union, which is supposed to be all about love, leaves us reeling in so much pain. We are left picking up the pieces of ourselves, trying to put it all back together. So clearly, this system as it is just isn't working. And I think it's fair to acknowledge that I'm not assigning blame. 
I don't think anyone is wrong for what they do or don't do. I'm simply stating the facts as I see them. Then there are couples who practice non-monogamous unions. And again, I don't think that this is for everyone. Some couples delight in having open marriages, polyamorous relationships, and swinging. They have guidelines and codes of conduct that they agree upon with their partners that ensures everyone remains safe and feeling completely honored throughout the entire process. This only seems to work for about 5% of the population of the United States. And so that's an even smaller percentage than the 50% that enjoy monogamous relationships. And I guess I shouldn't say enjoy. I don't know the level of joy that all of these monogamously bonded couples experience. Just because they aren't getting divorced doesn't make them inherently happy in their relationships. I think that something we fail to see is that there is a whole realm of existence in between monogamy and non-monogamy. And this is where the rest of us might exist. Some of you might be thinking that you could never be in an open marriage because you feel jealous or insecure or angry about the idea of your partner being with someone else, or maybe it's against your moral or religious code, and it makes sense that you feel that way. However, if you want to explore something outside of the typical norm and you're looking for some ideas, I'm going to share a few thoughts with you that some of my clients find successful. So what about exploring the idea of thinking about other people outside of your partner without the intention to act on it at all. Just simply exploring the thoughts that can exist in your brain about other people that you find attractive. And this can happen in the safety of your own brain, or it can be shared with your partner. And it can be stated ahead of time that these thoughts do not reflect the actions that you wish to take, that they are simply thoughts in your mind. And this can be a super simple and sweet way to explore the world of monogamish relationships. So being physically, emotionally, and spiritually bonded to your partner while exploring the thoughts that come into your mind, sharing them without judgment with one another, knowing that you are safe to talk about and think these things without your partner feeling nervous or jealous or fearful. And the truth is that while exploring these topics, there might be some issues of jealousy or insecurity that comes up. And this is an excellent time to face these particular feelings. I would encourage you to explore them and not run from them and allow yourself to be vulnerable and discover what about this makes you feel uncomfortable. This next exploration into the land of monogamish is to flirt with other people or encourage your partner to lightly or playfully flirt with others. So talk, but not touch. And this can be a super playful, fun freedom of speech that allows you to feel all of those good neurochemicals like dopamine without acting on anything with the other person. By allowing yourself the freedom to be respectfully flirty with other people, you're allowing yourself access to all those good feelings and then taking them home to your partner. And I've seen this be super successful in a few of my clients. But again, this can bring up some deeper feelings of insecurity, and it's always a good idea to share these with your partner. If nothing else, diving into this monogamous exploration might serve to deepen your communication with your partner or discover more about your personal boundaries. If you already feel comfortable with thinking about other people and flirting, and you and your partner would like to take your monogamish play further, you can call a phone sex line together, or peruse cam sites, or strip clubs, and I think that there's a world of possibilities out there, and I don't know what your ideal relationship looks like for you. Only you know that. 
All I know is that the popular narrative that there can only be one type of monogamous relationship doesn't seem to be working for the majority of people. And there must be a reason for that. So I want to encourage you to think about your own relationship and decide for yourself what you want it to look like. What kinds of things would you enjoy experiencing and what do you want to explore? I think that we get to start creating our own definition of what feels good for us instead of just accepting that this is the way that things are. That because of land ownership and the invention of the plow that we need to allow the government and the church and Disney to dictate what an acceptable union looks like. We actually get to decide for ourselves how we want to live our lives. And by taking a deeper look at it, you might discover things about yourself that you never knew before. I am not telling you that you should be different or that you even need to do any of the above things that I mentioned. I only encourage you to explore these thoughts and come up with your own definition of a successful union. The Sweet Life Podcast is in partnership with Let's Get Checked providing you with discreet at-home testing for hormones and STDs, and so much more. If you want to get 20% off today, go to trylgc.com backslash sweetlife. All my love to all of you.